0: Welcome back to the emergency goalies. We uh, did take a week off as well. The Blackhawks have all their games postponed like we thought was possible. But uh, they returned and the results were not great, especially the first two games and two consecutive losses. The third game started out bad against the Avalanche, but they did battle back to get the overtime before they were beaten on just a ridiculous goal kale mccarr but um it just wasn't a very promising set of games for the blackhawks but i'll ask you michael on your thoughts
1: well i mean i think you've summed it up pretty well That's the the type of letdown that the Blackhawks really can't afford at this point in the season, if they had any hopes of, you know, kind of keeping up and competing at all, um, coming back for a playoff spot, uh, losing three games, two of them to division opponents, one of them to, you know, somebody that they might be fighting for a wildcard spot against. Uh, so it, uh, Certainly wasn't uh it yeah, it was it, basically it was a disaster. There's really no other way okay. to to kind of sugarcoat and, it. And
0: um first two games were were not very competitive.
1: No, I mean it was very reminiscent of the worst of the Jeremy colleton era. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh maybe not quite as bad as the worst of the Colleton era uh era, but uh um, it was certainly reminiscent of it. Uh, and then, like you said, they didn't start off very well in the Colorado game uh, either. They gave up uh, two goals in the first, um, which has been a running theme throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Not only do the Blackhawks, you know, given up quite a few goals, but they tend to give them up right away. And then they end up playing from behind most of the game. And yeah, that was the case in Colorado. But At least with that Colorado game, uh, they came out that Mm -hmm. second period.
0: Played well, yeah.
1: Honestly, I want to say it was one of their best periods of the season, Mm -hmm. if not their best. Mm -hmm. They controlled play. They Mm -hmm. pushed the pace. They put pressure on the puck. They controlled the puck in the offensive zone. They dominated Mm -hmm. the shots. Um, it was just, it was a really solid performance yeah. there. And then they carried over pretty well into the third as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado eventually, uh, pushed back after the Blackhawks took the lead. Um, you know, after Alex to bring its two goals, mm-hmm. um, Colorado came pretty hard the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then I thought the Blackhawks weathered it pretty well, mm-hmm. but you know, they well, didn't the give goal, up the goal.
0: The goal was like, it was not like a bad play. It was kind of a fluky. Yeah. They just threw it at the net and it went in. Yep.
1: Yeah. You know, it was it, not one that, uh, you know, I would be overly concerned about. Um, you know, one, one of the things that's lapsed in these three games, the goaltending hasn't been very good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, part of that is uh, due to COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, Flurry wasn't available to start. And, yeah, you know, he did come back in the Colorado game and it he looked like a guy that had been off for three weeks, yeah. two, two weeks.
0: And we had um, Soderbloom, who yeah. obviously was his first ever start. So
1: Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I thought he played decently. The game eventually got away from them, that Calgary yeah. game. But I, I thought he acquitted himself fairly well. I, yeah, uh,
0: it, was, it wasn't his fault.
1: Yeah, the team did him no favors, and I think he kept them in the game longer than they probably should have been. Yes. Uh, but then, yeah, eventually in the third period, the, the wheels kind of came off even for solar building a little bit. So, yeah. Um, just – no, so
0: Obviously, ahead. this is not This is not a um, Colorado Avalanche podcast, but that goal by McCart. Oh, good God.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he shook – Kirby Doc, um, about as well as you possibly can. You know, it's the type of move that you don't expect out of uh, out of a defenseman. Um, Yeah, that's
0: people criticizing Doc, and I'm like, no, they would have done that to anyone.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it took Doc a little bit too long to recover, maybe, Mm -hmm. but you know, I mean, he's a big guy. That you know, he's a good skater for a big guy, but Mm -hmm. he's not. An elite skater like like a, a cal mccarr mm-hmm. um you know i mean that's the type of thing the type of move you know that even like a you know a prime brian campbell wasn't mm-hmm. you know pulling off very often if at all
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know and he's one of the better skaters that we've seen from defensemen um you know in the last couple of decades
0: yeah um
1: you know that, that, that was kind of like a phil coffee type thing. <laughs> yes or Paul, Phil Coffee, Paul Coffee. excuse me. Yeah. Paul Coffey. Um That was uh
0: yeah. They, you don't see that very often.
1: Yeah. Just, just, just ridiculous. And, you know, not the type of goal that uh, you see very often. And when the other team does something like that to you, you just kind of have to tip your cap. And, um, you know, again, I thought the Blackhawks played, you know, even though they gave up the late goal, I, I didn't feel like they broke down defensively at all in the third period. They, they played the right way, just, you know, a little bit of a fluky go, goal yeah. going to Colorado. And then in the overtime, I thought the Blackhawks, again, played fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one decision. I, I think it was by Kane or something. Might have been might have been Kane or Taves. I can't remember. I think it was Kane, but they gave up possession of the puck mm-hmm. um, for really no reason. And so that was really the only disappointing. But even then, uh, they they played pretty well. You just, you know, it's the type of game where, you know, when you're playing in a a, a team with elite talent, sometimes mm-hmm. that elite talent happens, is going to yeah. do that to you.
0: Exactly. And, you know, yeah, it's just, you almost get, we're getting to the acceptance point now. It's It's not, unless they went on like a 10-game winning streak, yeah it's pretty much
1: it's pretty much over and i mean you know it's been pretty much over for a long time but
0: it really has
1: you know it was one of those things where they were getting a few more points than Mm -hmm. they probably deserved over the first month or so with with king Mm
0: -hmm. where you know
1: it maybe kept them afloat for a little bit where if you think oh okay yeah they've been lucky for a little bit with you know Mm -hmm. that stellar overtime record that they had (laughs)
0: going for a while
1: there and you know sometimes though you you can get on those runs but then once you start playing well well,
0: we talked about that yeah
1: yeah Yeah, they they could have have actually gotten gotten onto a good streak but instead Mm -hmm. we've kind of regressed towards the mean
0: luck ran out and yeah they did not improve their play
1: and yeah so you know and i think we even brought this up in the last podcast where um you know the overtime luck had already turned around before yes. the, the the layoff here, and now all of a sudden, yeah, we've lost another overtime game. And mm-hmm. you know, I think they'd started off like five and zero oh or something like that under King in overtime, and you now I think they're zero for their last three. So it's it's all kind of evening out, and um, yeah. So we're so kind
0: obviously of- <laughs> with that in mind, we're kind of moving into the who are they going to trade, and it began today with. Alex Nylander, who it was pretty obvious was they were never going to bring him back up. And so they traded him to the Penguins for just another fourth line grinder. One of many on the Blackhawks already. So, but what are your thoughts on that? Now, I
1: haven't really even processed it much. Um, just Yeah. I mean, obviously you can go over that trade many and many times and, you know, there's always going to be the, the, the regrets around it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I, I I think it was the case where, you know, the Blackhawks in some ways were just kind of doing Alex Nylander a solid Mm -hmm. in that, you know, they're moving him to a place where maybe he can get another chance. Yes. Whereas, um, you know that just it wasn't gonna happen in Chicago
0: um and obviously, you know hindsight being what it is, I mean Yoki Haru is doing very well in Buffalo, and obviously it was but for whatever reason, the Blackhawks just thought they needed to move on from Yoki Haru, and this was the trade they made, but
1: yeah, you know I mean not only, you know, the, the thing with the trade was, you know, they were short on offensive talent at the time. They didn't have any young, you know, top six Mm -hmm. type forwards outside of Dylan Strom at the time. And he obviously came with the skating concerns and, you know, whether or not he was going to be able to kind of keep that going. And so, you know, they obviously misevaluated Alex Nylander. Mm-hmm. but the thing that is the, the the kind of the capper on top of it all is that not only did they misevaluate Alex Nylander, mm-hmm. but they misevaluated Ian Mitchell, and they that did, yes. that to me is the the, the yeah the, the the real problem with it is that um, they
0: thought that. Mitchell and Bodin would be better than Gilkey Haru. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of been the, um, the, the real issue was, you know, they, they had all these young, smaller defensemen Mm -hmm. and they knew they couldn't play all of them. So they saw an opportunity to get a former top 10 pick and, you know, they, they traded the guy that they felt was, you know maybe the lowest ceiling of the mm-hmm. of you know the four of them basically I mean it wasn't just Mitchell and Baudin, you know you have to throw
0: boquist yeah
1: boquist in there as well you know and and, and the other part was yoki Haru uh boquist and mitchell were all right-handed guys too and you weren't going to have three small right-handed yes. shots so you know it's just the you know the problem is is Yeah, they they picked the wrong guy to trade. On top of the fact that the guy that they traded for ended up not being what they hoped as well. So yeah, just just a a tough look all around. Uh, I am not familiar with um, Sam Lafferty, who is the guy that they they got back. Um, My from what I've kind of seen online, he's you know like you said, he's just a grinder fourth line guy. I uh, I guess it's just. You get what you can, whatever you can for yeah, guess, yeah. Nylander at this point. He would you a,
0: would have liked the, would have liked draft pick, but obviously the Penguins probably weren't going to do that.
1: Right. Yeah. At this point, I, 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 I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what Nylander's value would even be, yeah. given that you know he's essentially an AHL
0: player at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Um. I will I, say I don't want to um, jump on. Uh, a player that's just like he is what he is, but uh Gabriel, the guy they got. he's my awful. God, is he the slowest? Uh, yeah, I don't have ever
1: seen again, you know they were traded they they traded another former high pick in Chad Chris for Gabriel um but again, that was, he was kind of a bust. Uh, you know, he was an AHL guy, probably never going to see the NHL. Yeah. They got what they could for him, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't understand what the point of Gabriel is. No. I, I, he's awful.
0: I uh, I mean, if you I, make, um, if you make John Scott look fast. Yeah.
1: And at least John Scott had the, it had the versatility where you could throw mm-hmm. him back on defense if you yes. needed to. <laughs> yeah. I do not understand what, they could possibly see in Gabriel to ever allow him to suit up. Mm-hmm. Um I, I honestly I would have rather if they brought Alex Neander back up yes. than ever play uh Curtis Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I I I don't I don't get that at all.
0: Um yeah, I would be very surprised if um we saw him again, but you never know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I the the fact that he's even still around uh, mm-hmm. is just, you know, I that they would ever play him while keeping somebody like, um, uh, Slavin on the practice squad for,
0: yeah. For,
1: or not the practice squad, the, uh, the
0: taxi squad,
1: taxi squad. Thank you. Yeah. Just, just awful. Um, Uh, so, you know, maybe Lafferty is an improvement over Gabriel. I, I I don't know. Um, Yeah. Like I said, he's just not a guy that I'm familiar with. So we'll see. Um, You know, definitely not something that moves the needle in any way I Mm -hmm. wouldn't expect, but at this point, you know, we weren't going to expect Alex Nylander to kind of
0: move the needle. So now the question I have is would Flurry? I'm sure they're going to try to move him, but Fleury has to agree to trade. Exactly, right?
1: yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure the question will be asked. It will be completely in Fleury's uh, court. Mm-hmm. Um, goaltenders generally don't bring a lot back in return
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: as a trade deadline deal. At yeah. best, you get a late first round pick. But yeah, What
0: did they get for, um, for Robin uh, Leonard?
1: Uh, he, they got a second and something else small yeah um and he was that would and he was having a great year yeah Uh, i would expect that would sort of be flurry's value i uh, you know getting a second round pick i think should be kind of the target Mm -hmm. but it's the sort of thing where uh, flurry can certainly undercut that value and you know if he says okay, I yeah, I'll ahead. agree to a trade, but I'm only going to agree to a trade to so-and-so. So-and-so, it, you know, it, at that point, you just kind of get what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think the ceiling would be the Robin Leonard mm-hmm. uh, return, but I think it's far more likely if they get anything for Flurry, it's, you know, a fourth round pick or yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, so no, I wouldn't expect a big return for him. Um, the same kind of thing, um, falls on, you know, any consideration to, uh, you know, a Patrick Kane or Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taves trade. Do
0: you think that will be even thought about or
1: honestly, I don't think that they will approach that this trade
0: deadline. I Mm -hmm. think
1: they probably want to wait until the off season when more teams would necessarily be in you know, in play for acquiring them. And also um, to me, that's the sort of thing where you want your full-time GM yes. to make that decision. Yes. Um, and at this point, we're still operating with, you know, an interim GM and, you know, maybe by that point, they just make Davidson the GM. I, I think that's still on the table. I mm-hmm. it, they, they could remove well, the there, interim um, tech
0: from him, but there are a lot of rumors about Kevin Weeks. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh
1: to me he strikes me more as a, like a team president but maybe he'd be a president slash general manager, I don't know.
0: And of course, um, you got the Eddie Olchek? Which... Again,
1: yeah, uh, to me that would be more of a team president move, mm-hmm. but um we'll we'll see. Um you know, at least with Olchek in comparison to to Weeks, uh you know, Olchek's at least worked as a coach. Yeah. And uh, you know, is a little more familiar with the workings of organizations from inside as far as I know weeks has never actually worked for an organization since he retired. Um, So, uh, you know, but at the same time that
0: that would prohibit him from being good. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely not. You know, he is definitely one of those guys that, you know, you hear about um, as one of those guys with the potential to, to be good at that job. So Mm. I, I would have no issue with them, uh, talking to him, pursuing him, or even hiring him at this point, um,
0: Yes.
1: it's you know, uh, I don't, I don't have a specific list of of you know presidents and general managers. No, me that, either.
0: That it, it, the the hockey world is so weird. Um, yeah, everything's like there's like thirty people that can be GM. Right, if you're not in that that clique, exactly, then you can't it's. Be.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's tough. I I would have more of a list of guys that I wouldn't want. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want just another retread. Um, I'd rather them take a, a, you know, take a risk on a guy like weeks or Mm -hmm. somebody like that. Um, I I'd be more, more into that. Um, so yeah, to me, the, you know, Taves and Kane, that's more of an off season discussion.
0: Mm Um,
1: you know, they could certainly approach them at the trade deadline and just say, hey, do you do one or both of you want out? And yes. if they say yes, you accommodate them. I mean the, mm-hmm. the the Blackhawks I'm sure would step up to the plate if if one or both of them mm-hmm. um said that they wanted out.
0: Well that's one of those things too that we'll see how the next couple months go. Right. If things get really um ugly you never know but yeah
1: i i wouldn't expect either one of them to demand a trade during the season mm-hmm. um i think a, a, not just from the blackhawks perspective but from both of their perspectives mm-hmm. as well you know they have young families dave's has you know he's still getting over the health issues yeah, uh, to yeah. me for both of those guys um it would more likely be an off-season thing as well um so you know beyond those guys uh you know, Seth Jones isn't getting traded. (laughs) Um,
0: Which, you know, it just, you know, if you go on, that just looks more and more like the um, flurry move. That's fine. That was fine. One year, no big deal. Right. But this looks so bad now. The Seth Jones, I mean.
1: Yeah. um, You know, we, we talked about it at the time of the trade where it was like, you know you've really locked yourself into kind of like a four-year window
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh for competing and at this point you know with taves worse, not yeah. with, with taves not b- bouncing back with kane continuing to kind of slow down
0: mm-hmm. um yeah they're worse than they were last year it, yeah
1: like. yeah i mean I, I honestly I, I yeah it's It's not looking good. You know, they they appear to be in line for a full on rebuild, and not having that first round pick next Mm -hmm. year, on top of not having their first round pick this year, and Boquist um, Mm -hmm.
0: is looking worse and worse. Having a player who's like prime years are going to be wasted exactly on a bad team. It's just exactly,
1: and his contract is so onerous that it would be difficult to trade him for, um, you know, even if he has a, a. Another good year, year next year, um, you know that that it's contract bad, yeah. is is the sort of thing where only a handful of teams would necessarily even want to consider taking on that deal, and then you're getting into the same sort of thing where when you're when you're dealing with a, a limited scope of teams, you're not going to necessarily get as much value.
0: Yes. So yeah, the worst part was um, they actually unloaded like Duncan Keith whole contract right and they would add that flexibility and
1: exactly you know and and again you know at the time I was like okay you know you're you're it's it's hard to acquire a number one defenseman exactly I didn't think Seth Jones was as bad as he played last year I also didn't think he was necessarily as good as um you know Mm -hmm. the old school GMs and stuff considered him and I think we're kind of seeing exactly that he's somewhere in the middle. He's not, he's not the awful player that the analytics Mm -hmm. portrayed him as last year. And he's not a number one defenseman, but yet pretty much we're going to be paying him as a number one defenseman for a long time. Yeah. Um, In some regards uh, if, if I can throw it back uh, to the nineties a little bit um, this reminds me a bit of the Boris Mironoff trade. Yes. um, Where, you know, they were, Essentially, trying to replace Chris Chelios.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Byranov had been pretty good for the Oilers. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, he was he was a he was a decent player, but he wasn't the number one defenseman. No. But the Blackhawks brought him in to be that, and it was just kind of a perpetual disappointment. Yeah, you know, it's kind of the same thing as like uh, Alex Jamnov, where yes. you know, a Black- good player,
0: I still liked, but yes,
1: you know, a good player, but not. A number one center at that point mm-hmm. in the NHL, no. with the, the way that the league went to more the the, the clutch and grab, um, Nylander just wasn't the, mm-hmm. that kind of guy that was going to be able to battle through that as consistently mm-hmm. as you needed to. Yeah. So, yeah, to me that it, it, this feels an awful lot like some of those, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Well, I was thinking too. Um, <laughs> the other one I always thought of was um, when they um, signed Adrian coin to be. That was like a. They're trying to do a splash, I guess.
1: Right, you know, and part of that too um, was poor timing with uh, a coin yeah. was more a um, and grab a, a dead puck era can't really move his feet type of guy that could could clutch yeah. and grab his way to being okay mm-hmm. on the defensive end, but yeah. The Blackhawks signed him just before the lockout and the rule yeah, changes. Having, uh,
0: Jason Cullimore, two of the yes. biggest like yep. clutch and grab guys ever.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know and then like even like the forwards that they got around that time like uh, you know they had signed like Martin Lapointe mm-hmm. and uh, Matthew Barnaby and it was yes. just like they got all these guys that you know probably could have helped a little bit, made the team a little bit better. Had the dead puck era continued mm-hmm. on. Um, they still overpaid for all those guys, but yeah, then once the league changed, that was just a complete yeah. and utter disaster. Um, yeah. they, the team was so slow at that point. Um, so, yeah, uh, as far as guys that I could envision getting traded and actually bringing back value, um, I think Dominic Kugelik is probably at the top mm-hmm. of that list. Uh, it would be very beneficial for the Blackhawks if he could start scoring some freaking goals yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, over Frag the next the month market, or so. Yeah. You know, although I, I don't think that any team in the league is necessarily going to value him very highly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've talked about it where, you know, he's got one skill, that's his shot. Yeah, hard shot. And, you know, he doesn't really impact a game in any other way. He's not a bad defensive player, but he doesn't really help you there. Yeah. He doesn't help on special teams. No, mm-hmm. oh, well, a penalty kill, I mean, you should say. Um, while Blackhawks fans really push for him being on power play one, uh, you know, the Blackhawks have a better shooter in Alex Debrinket. And most of the good teams in the league have an Alex Debrinket. So nobody's really going to acquire um, Kubelik to be a power play one guy. That's like, guy. Um,
0: well, after he was able to um, score off the Russian stuff.
1: Right. Russian and that is just kind of really evaporated and i you know there's been stretches of this season where kublik isn't even getting shots off no um and that's that's very concerning mm-hmm. um, but at the same time you know again do i think he could probably bring back a second round pick mm-hmm. cuz every team needs goal scoring mm-hmm. and he can certainly do that um he's a good secondary goal scorer and even honestly, for a good team
0: it's hard to figure out with this team anyway like Been a better situation with better teammates. You might, you know what I mean. Just yeah, circumstances. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, he can honestly be, you know, probably a decent second liner for even a good team Mm -hmm. where you know you're not asking him to kind of be the the focal point on the second line. He's the guy that you bring in just just to score goals. If you got somebody else that can actually control the puck, um, you know, and drive possession he can be a decent complement to that. Um, but yeah, he's not going to be the focal point on a second line. Um, but so again, yeah, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you probably get a second round pick for Mm -hmm. in the right circumstance. Um, if, you know, there's a a team that's a little desperate for goal scoring and, um, uh, you know, maybe you squeeze out a late first round pick, you know, maybe some team suffers an injury and they just, they, they need a, They decide they need a forward that can score goals. You know, maybe you get a late first, but um, in in the NHL, a late first round pick is essentially a second round pick. Once you get past like pick 15 to 20, they're all essentially second round picks. Pretty much. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get earth shattering return for him. Uh, I think the other guy that is most likely to be traded is Calvin DeHaan. Mm -hmm. but again, you're not getting anything great for him. Even if they, even if they eat half of his salary, you're um, not going to get that much. Yeah. Again, I think you're looking second, third round pick probably for him. He has played better this year than he did last year. So I think he has recovered enough value where, you know, you could actually get something for him as opposed to just, you know, just moving his contract for Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, <clears throat> so that's at least good he's played he's gotten healthy and he's playing decently he's a solid third third pairing guy yes um beyond that uh there's, there's not, much. not much to move nope. um i think those are the two pieces that are most likely to move you know hopefully you get you know second third round pick mm-hmm. if they can move flurry for something similar that would be great yes. um, but at this point, I'm not necessarily expecting Fleury to no. get moved. I think it's honestly more likely that Fleury re-signs with the Blackhawks than it is that the Blackhawks are able to trade him. Yeah. Okay. Um, to me, uh, you know, the Blackhawks don't have an answering goal for next year. They don't really they do have not. a goalie of the future. I nope. uh, I do think they have some hope for Soderblom,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I don't you know, he's not somebody that's going to take over as the number one guy next year. So we
0: need some time,
1: you know, if, if Flurry was able to, you know, if they were able to convince Flurry to, you know, to come to this team this year and, you know, they knew that, you know, it wasn't necessarily going to be, Mm. you know, a competitive team. There was definitely the, the chance that the season was going to go this way. Yes. Um, But they were still able to convince him to do it. And if, you know, if K- Kane and Tave stick around, Seth Jones is still going to be here. Maybe they can convince him, hey, we can figure something out for next Maybe, year. Maybe yeah. we can get back into the playoffs. But again, at this point, you know, is Flurry necessarily playing for another Stanley Cup? He's already yeah. got those. He's Could got the just, young family. He's not going to want to disrupt
0: things. You got 500 wins. So,
1: He's, yeah, he got the 500 wins. It's at this point, it's. I
0: honestly wouldn't be surprised to be. If he retired.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think retirements on the, on the certain possibility. I think there's a possibility he re-signs with Vegas for cheap, or he re-signs with the Blackhawks for, you know, he's not going to make 7 million again. You know, maybe it's 4 million or 5 million on like a one-year deal with a no trade clause or something like that, where he's just like, Hey, I'll come back, but you know, you're not going to trade me. Um, Or, yeah, he retires or, you know, maybe as a free agent, he gets convinced by some good team to, to, you know, to kind of come in um, for a year or whatever. And maybe he does chase another cup, but uh, Mm -hmm. honestly, I kind of, I kind of doubt that to me, I think he's more focused on the family at this point. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, Like I said, I, I, the Blackhawks aren't going to get anything at this trade deadline. That's going to Mm -hmm. alter the course of the franchise unless they just luck into you know uh you know a prospect that uh
0: turns um, out to be yeah
1: yeah it turns out to be more than <laughs> than expected sort of thing
0: but probably not
1: but yeah that's that's not something you can count on.
0: Yeah, um, well I don't yeah. think we have much else to say and it's not yeah. great news about the uh black hawks but nope. we're gonna keep watching them because you know hockey's fun. So
1: exactly. And you know, uh, the, the first couple of weeks with Derek King, it was a lot of low scoring games and kind of boring, bland hockey, but the last couple of weeks worth of games, uh, things are starting to open up a little bit. It's, it's led to some ugly losses this week. Um, but but it also led to some fun games like the Colorado game. That was a back and forth fun hockey game. And, um, You know, I think we we, might might be getting back to to the Blackhawks. May not be good, but at least they're exciting to watch.
0: So I think I'll take that. So yeah, Um, of course I am SDH eighty five on Twitter, Michael MJ underscore Ernst. Yeah, and you can um, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And yeah, we're gonna keep watching these guys and talking about them and. Maybe they'll play better, probably not, but yeah, we'll keep watching.